0: I devoted uh, some of my leisure time to studying and translating uh, Greek. I was mostly interested in uh, reading Aristotle, but I also tried my hand at uh, some translations from uh, Sappho. And when you're doing translations like that from a culture that is long gone, you're always making choices about whether to emphasize the continuities we feel uh, with that culture all the attributes that make us interested in it and allow us to have some affinity with it that we're doing it at all versus doing translations that emphasize the strangeness or otherness of this culture so distant from our own. And there's a continual question about how much should you make the Greeks sound like us so that we can genuinely commune with them versus how much should we preserve their difference, their alienness. As an amateur, I found it easier in some way to simply translate them in a contemporary style, I think it's in a way much more difficult to recreate the strangeness of another culture. Uh, That was the path my mentor in these translations, uh, Guy Davenport, took. But I remember one poem of Sappho uh, where the first line had been traditionally translated as, That man is peer of the gods who, and I translated it as, Isn't he divine? So that's the kind of choice you have to make all the time in uh, translation. Now, Sappho was roughly a contemporary of Shakyamuni. We're looking back about 2,500 years, give or take, in both cases. And I think that we, in this practice, are engaged in a similar act of translation in our practice and our understanding of uh, what Buddhism is. And we are faced over and over again with the question of how much we want to make Shakyamuni into our contemporary and how much are we willing or able to see him as a representative of a extremely different, extremely strange culture that we can in some ways identify with and in some ways remains very alien to us. Certainly the life we lead... as Buddhists in America in the 21st century, looks nothing like the life he led in India. Yet it is part of the, you could say, tradition, you could say mythology of Zen that each generation of teachers has experienced the realization that Shakyamuni experienced under the Bodhi tree and in turn passes that realization on to their successor. And that that realization is somehow identical despite all the differences of time and culture. Sappho writes about love, that I've been in love, but have I been in the love the way Sappho was? How much do we use that word in the same way? I've had my realizations. Are they the realizations of Shakyamuni? How would we know? We could either emphasize the identities or we could emphasize the differences. Very often, when, particularly I'd say, when it comes to religion, people are very uncomfortable with the number and depths of decisions that they really have to make or have made for them in terms of how they see what they're doing in the present compared to what has been done by the founders and the fundamentalist approach in religion seeks to preserve as much as possible what we imagine the original experience or the original practices of the founding generation. Sometimes this is done in the name of authenticity sometimes in the name of trying to in some way clarify or purify the current practices of the contaminants of modern life. And we see it in many guises. I mean, you see it in the law where some justices seek to recover the original intention of the framers of the Constitution in interpreting law for today. And we have to ask, how much is that possible? Or how much is it desirable? My son in high school now is uh, being assigned plays by Shakespeare to read. And with some effort he can understand the language of Shakespeare's time, mostly by turning it into a sort of difficult version of something he would understand if it was written today. Hard to penetrate into the otherness of it but it's manageable, just. And we can immerse ourselves in that language until it sounds natural to us, and we can even build a replica of the Globe Theater and perform the plays in the very setting in which they were performed in Shakespeare's time. Yet if we stage them with all the parts played by men the way they were then, we might find it interesting, but I think it would be impossible for us to find it natural. There's some things where you can't simply recreate the past and have it and move into it as if it was the present. Anyone who is attempting to maintain a kind of monastic or mendicant lifestyle, whether in the manner of medieval Japan or India to millennia ago, is faced with that globe theater dilemma. How much can you recreate something from the past? What does it mean for a modern to move into an old structure like that? How much can your experience ever recreate the original experience? How much of it will forever be play-acting? I think what we do here, to a much greater extent than we ever comfortably acknowledge, is constantly reinvent Buddhism in the present day. <coughs> much in the same way we reinvent poetry and theater and the arts, they're parts of a continuous tradition. And they're constantly changing. Constant change is supposed to be one of the attributes of the, the Buddha pointed out about everything. And yet it rubs up against our desire for authenticity and identity where we want somehow to feel there's an unchanging permanent essence in our practice even as that practice teaches us that the idea of an unchanging permanent essence is an illusion if we cannot compare what we're doing now to what was doing then in what sense can we say it's authentic see authentic is so often meant to mean identity with some paradigmatic earlier model right the authenticity of our practice and our experience I think has to be judged on a whole different basis and that is how it transforms our lives and the lives those we come in contact with if I trust my own experiences of realization. It's not because I say, oh, that's just what Shakyamuni felt. It's because I can feel something of the old doubt, self-criticism, comparison, longing, regret, drop away. And a feeling of groundedness and rightness and certainty take its place. judge the authenticity of our experience not by some comparison to the real thing somewhere else but by what it's doing now in our lives William James put it very neatly judge your experience Not by its roots, but by its fruits.